I should get a, we need like a countdown timer. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It Presents Marvel's Pair Up. Tis the season for Hawkeye, your number one podcast for super long titles about Disney Plus Marvel shows. <laughs> and if you're brand new here, we're just going episode by episode through Hawkeye and pairing it up with a non-traditional Christmas movie and talking about themes and Christmas and Hawkeye and all those wonderful, wonderful things. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And Jamie Girac. Hi. We are now in our penultimate episode of Hawkeye. We are almost done, and therefore in our penultimate Christmas movie time. What did you guys think of episode five of Hawkeye? Oh, well, I loved it. Um, it's, I think my second favorite, the third episode's still my favorite, uh, but, um, that Yelena Kate scene was amazing, uh, the big reveal at the end, even though we kind of knew it was coming, was still very exciting, uh, I just, I love where it's all headed, I think we're, I, I feel good about there only being one episode left, I think it's enough time, I think it's gonna wrap up nicely, and I'm, I'm jazzed. Yeah, uh, I, look... Give me more Yelena. I'm I'm in for it uh, all the time. That scene was fantastic. I could just watch the two Kate and Yelena just talking for like another 20 minutes. And I would have been perfectly fine with this episode. So for me, this was a really strong uh, episode. Again, like Jamie said, we sort of had seen the writing on the wall for both uh, the reveal and sort of Bishop's mom being uh, a part of all of that. Like all of that was, a re- but it didn't detract or take anything away from the episode or, or what, I, what I wanted. What it did though was set up that now I don't know what the hell's about to happen. Like in this, this final episode, I'm kind of like, oh, well, you've laid out all the cards that I, I knew that you had. Surprise me. Uh, so I, I really dug this uh, episode uh, as a buildup. It's probably my favorite of all the episodes that have been the penultimate. I think this handles the, the, it the best. WandaVision probably was right there with it, but I didn't like the, the setup episodes for both Loki or Falcon. So this is a much better way of doing that. Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite episode of the show so far. It gave me everything that I wanted. I feel like most of my concerns of we just won't have enough time have been alleviated, other than we still haven't really done anything with this inciting murder incident that started the show. That has seems to just snapped away into nothing. Uh, I don't really care. I don't know what that guy was doing. I don't remember his name. It's meaningless to me, but uh, I could have watched Kate Bishop and Yelena talk about anything that entire time. If they made a podcast tomorrow that was in the MCU (laughs) of just them reviewing musicals based on superheroes, I would listen to it every week. That's something that I would love to have in my life. Uh, Their banter was great. I think we've talked a lot about how that's the strongest part of the show is whenever they're in that Shane Black back and forth repertoire it's just shines yelena steals the entire thing this was also the coolest snap i think we've seen we've we've seen them kind of do it a couple times of like disappear and come back and jump this was it was like they knew that we had seen it a lot and went out of their way to be like how do we change it up and we did it in pretty real time of just in out and then everything around her altering and i was like this is so great 
Because Monica was really cool, but Monica was sleeping. So Monica didn't experience it the way that Yelena did, which was just like instantaneous. And we, have, we haven't really seen that perspective of what it was like uh, to, to be awake and, and then instantly come back. And I saw a tweet about this and I can't stop thinking about it where poor Wanda watched Vision die twice and then was gone for no seconds at all. And then he, his body was missing. Yeah. <laughs> she was alone. And a portal him. opened, and Doctor Strange was like, "That guy did it." <laughs> Everybody, go get him. <laughs> it's been yeah. five years. Attack. We'll deal with your trauma through the course of television shows. <laughs> <laughs> For seven ninety nine a month, you can have therapy, Wanda. Yeah, no, I, I was pleasantly surprised with that cold open. I, I love that they keep they're milking this 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 blip, but I love that they keep coming at it from different angles all the time. So I was like, oh, well, none of these feel the same. Like I'm getting it from different ways. And if you keep doing it and reinventing the wheel each time, then I'm good. I, I don't mind you keep going back to this well. Yeah, I think we're going to keep milking it because even characters like Shang-Chi, a lot of us were like, well, who blipped here? And right. who, like, it, it's always going to be a question. When we get to She-Hulk and Moon Knight and all these other shows, there's always going to be a, like, where were the, it's the new like well you know when thor's hammer fell out of the sky everything changed they're like we keep kind of picking these moments in the mcu to decide but i even loved uh you know clint taking out his earpiece very agent smith in the first matrix of like i'm gonna take this out and just go crazy for a bit yeah, yeah. uh the memorial with all of their names was incredibly heartwarming to see it was very cool to see all of the characters agency and really get a sense of like where Yelena is and why she's doing what she's doing. And even her moral compass, like we sort of come at the end of black widow. She saved somebody who didn't really need saving blips in and out, gets the news about her sister and then just goes and does what she does. But we do get this like, well, I'm not really hired for Kate. I'm just going to talk to her and figure out, why we like this guy so much. And even that conversation felt very current to me. Like we keep forgiving people who do bad things. And it kind of challenges that idea in a weird way of like, well, it's complicated in some cases and in other cases it's not. And I sort of loved her even just be like, well, what does the word Avengers even mean now? Like we keep worshiping these heroes, but like it was my sister who saved everybody. No, it felt very wanda again when she walks in and is like where's vision's body i buried tony and i buried cap and i buried everybody else why doesn't vision get to do this too like we're seeing some characters react to other people who aren't getting the like far from home montage where it was like oh cap and tony and black widow were here like clearly we care about the big ones but these guys also were here and are no longer with us i'm hurting as well yeah. But yeah, it, it's interesting to see Elena have this point of view of like, I don't care what everybody else did. Like my sister saved all of you and we're having a parade. Like we're rolling out the red carpet for Ronan. Like what, what is going on? And then just yeah. the fight with Echo was some of the top Pretty action solid. scenes yeah. that I think we've seen hitting the blade away from it. Ah, I loved it so much. And we got, we got Ronin. We got a full Ronin sequence Yeah, that I love. We finally care about the LARPers. We got a good scene with them. I'm, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm just so... I also, I mean, we, I also love that Echo sort of gets a, a, a kind of awoken, like Yelena bringing all the Black Widows, uh, Clint does that to her. It's like, hey, 
I, we're both weapons. And if someone pointed me in the direction of your family, uh, and it was somebody on the inside with you. So you might want to check house. And yeah, that got her to think, she's like, and even though uh, clown her, her secondhand kind of tried to fix it, you could tell that she's like, no, I don't, I don't believe you anymore. I don't believe you. Uh, which I think is in addition to Eleanor talking to uh, uh, Wilson, I believe that he's going to call him like, hey, she knows. And that's when he's going to Oh, yeah, walking. there's no way that we're not about to have some kingpin reveal. And whether that all gets solved here or leads into Echo, which I'm really hoping becomes a Daredevil, Kingpin, Echo, and Kate Bishop show. I have a feeling that title might change, yeah. I think the title will be the same, and I think it will be Echo's but show. they'll all be in there. But I think Daredevil will play a role. I don't think you can... If, because I know they also said, like, next week we're going to find out if Daredevil's canon, canon or if yeah. these are variants. So I'm like, well, that's even more exciting, because if it's canon, you can't do a Kingpin story without daredevil you just can't do it i didn't know they were that's going to be confirmed for sure that's what i saw and like who knows people say things in interviews now birdie Birdie, the directors said Mm -hmm. that like that answer because someone asked him was like are these the canon uh Uh and they were like you'll get that answer uh, okay cool yeah which of course will then make everything else canon yes uh which is also just wonderful then all we need is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to get confirmed. Full better there, you know <laughs> And then we're good. Then everything's yeah. home. We've done it. We've negotiated. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I thought it was all very, very good. We're getting a lot of interesting ideas of, like, what passing the torch even means and, like, how Kate can be different from Clint as Hawkeye and learning and learning and learning, which I think brings us quite nicely into our Christmas movie for this week. Uh, a movie I've just now seen for the first time that is not in the same vein as our action movies, although there's a lot of good action in it. There's a we, lot of yeah. action. Because apparently this is just what Sony Animation does, yeah. uh, and not enough people are talking about it. But Arthur Christmas, a movie from 2012, presumably? 11, yeah. 11, 11. preposterous. <laughs> this 10-year-old movie has just existed under the radar. Yeah. Uh, a delightful movie for those who haven't seen it about the Santa Claus name and family and Christmas and what happens when one person is forgotten on the list and uh, what it means to tell a whole group of people that one person doesn't matter and therefore nihilism ensues with elves. Uh, this movie I thought was great. Terrence, was this also your first time seeing it? I had not only was it my first time seeing it, I had never even heard of it until. Oh! Jamie uh, put it in front of us. I was like, what is this? I'm like, Arthur. I, the only Arthur I know is the the, uh, the one with the, the live action one with uh, the comedian. I can't remember his name, but like this was not on my radar. Russell so Brand. I, yes, Russell Brand. Thank you. So I'm seeing this and I was like, oh, all right. Oh, you that. mean, isn't Deadly Moore? The original, yes. Okay. I was like, wait, <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, keep going. Um, but yeah, I, I dug this a lot. I, I, look, sci-fi is my, my jam. So you put sci-fi and Christmas, which is my second jam together. I'm in. Uh, and I love the whole kind of like we, we talk about the lineage aspect of this, not only from the elf side, but from like you're passing down this. It's a hierarchy. It's a title that gets passed on. I was like, well, that's that's fun. That's a cool little concept. And then this thing is this is a bizarre movie because it has multiple genres that they're mixing together. And I was like, I, I, I'm along for the ride because it all comes together well and it's really well animated. I am still confused how I had not seen this film because everything it- checks my boxes. 
It is crazy because it is one of my favorite Christmas. It is my, it is easily my favorite Christmas movie of the 2010s, number one. And it's wild that so many people haven't seen it. And I was watching it for Christmas, like I always do. And while I was watching it, I'm like, this would really work for our podcast because it is action packed. I'm gonna text the guys, and when I found out you guys hadn't seen it, I was I was like, I was so excited. <laughs> It kind of made me think of another animated Christmas movie, and I was too late to text and try to add it, but it reminded me of Rise of the Guardians in a way, where I was like, there were just these two really cool animated Christmas movies at the same time that no one really talks about. I didn't see that one, I'll be honest. Oh, Jamie, you must. Okay, okay, okay. It's a wonderful time. (laughs) Okay, okay. must. Uh, But yeah, they, they wedge in all of these action beats. The animation is great. And it really almost shows you how we got to like Spider-Verse and the Mitchells versus the Machines animation. And a part of me is like, we've just been sort of ignoring Sony animation right. for I was a like, while. They've always been doing this good, but those two, I'm like, oh, that's, they, this is their thing. How have we not seen this? But I, I what, a, what a fun new take, I think, on the Santa lore, like having this whole grandfather father current santa two kids passing down we used to do it with a sleigh now we've got the s1 star trek ship and this and you know anytime you start involving tech like that like yes it looks sweet it looks but something's going to go wrong and i was like yeah this is going to fall back gotta go back to the heart the i love movie. the opening scene too where it's like it's like a spy movie where they're like all oh, like you the way that they like get into the kids the houses and stuff yeah. and uh, oh it's just cool it's really cool yeah, there's a lot of very innovative ways to do it. And I think within that, you get this unique story of like generational differences and like what it means to be one of these people. Because the big crux of it is like, well, Arthur's not a Santa. He can't do it. And then towards the end of the movie, you sort of see like he's the only one who cares about this kid. And if this kid wakes up on Christmas without it, then he's going to, you know, they're going to go down a bad road. And a party was like, yeah, no, he's right. That would be trauma. Right. In a world where Santa exists and Santa forgets you, that would be traumatic. Yeah, would be. That kid is going to grow up and do some terrible, do some terrible things. things. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the original Breaking Bad pilot. But, <laughs> like, I, side note, I just watched a horror movie called Silent Night, Deadly Night. That uh, Classic. Oh my God, I can't believe I've never seen this. But talk about kids who are traumatized by Santa. Uh, listeners, if you have not seen that movie, smoke a ton of weed it. <laughs> it is insane. It's a, a, a Christmas classic, a must-see, really. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's interesting because, you know, the whole time we were like, I don't know if it'll fit as well. And I was like, I actually sort of think it does. And before we get into that, this is, I think, the most obvious it's a Christmas movie we've done in the spirit of that debate. It's deep in Christmas lore, which is a weird thing to say because Christmas lore is all fake and made up. Like you go back to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a song that is the first reindeer-based song. And is like, you already know these other 12 reindeer, but do you recall the most famous one? Which would be like, if I called Terrence and I was like, Terrence, you know Pippin and Rodman, but do you recall the most famous Chicago Bull? You would be like, first of all, I don't need to recall the most famous one. Also, though, you've never mentioned the Chicago Bulls to me before, <laughs> and you're just acting like 96 is the first year of the Bulls. Yeah. It's preposterous. And, like, we just did Elf on the Shelf, where we're now like, you 
guys know Elf on the Shelf. He's been around forever. And it's like, somebody's lying. Stop lying. This is not true. We keep adding <laughs> lore to Santa and just being like, nah, it's always, it's been there the whole well, time. We always did this, but I don't think we did. It wasn't until I was driving to Vegas for Thanksgiving and heard Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and was like, wait a minute, there's not like a prequel to this song where Rudolph doesn't exist. There's yeah. no, there's no reindeer. There's not yeah, a there's, song. Yeah, there's not a Donner song. <laughs> there's not a Cupid song. There's like, there's, there's no song that's like, there was no weather tonight and the reindeer just took off and it was fine. Which I think is why I sort of liked Arthur Christmas because it played with all of those ideas and kind of baked in like, well, no, there are generations to this and as it evolves and what does it mean and seeing San the, the current Santa realize how much more he is like Arthur because he cares about this kid and his other son is like, I had a tactical mission and I accomplished 99.9% .9 of it. And like George W. Bush, that means victory has been declared. We don't need to worry about these other things. That one person does not matter. Which, yeah. uh, you know, which was super relatable because like we all have jobs where we make mistakes and every now and then you are like, but no, I did 98% of my job correctly. And it's like, well, that's not quite the that's, goal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched this with Tony and he was like, so team Steve. He's like, they did really good. Look at how many kids are in the world. I was like, dude, you need to shut your mouth right now because you sound like a bad person. <laughs> they got most of them. It's fine. Yeah. I also, he drops off the present and is like, look, we almost forgot about you, which is inconsequential uh, when you think about you as a variable. If I break you down to a one and a zero, then really you're nothing. You're a fraction of a percentage. And who cares? Uh, nothing matters. And there was something great, though, about him like having that moment and then all of the elves just going full Rick and Morty and being like, well, if one kid doesn't matter, then which kids do matter. Right. And if none of the kids matter, then nothing matters. And we should all just quit. And I was like, oh, my God, he's accidentally created an existential so crisis. Right. They're all like, <laughs> I don't understand life. And, and all four of them are bad managers because, like, Grandpa Santa goes to help save the day with Arthur Santa, who are, like, tactically doing the right thing. And then Santa goes to get his son, which is also the right thing. And then, like, bad Santa goes to help everybody. And no one stays to manage the elves. <laughs> There's not a fifth Santa who can be like, nope, hold on. There's Guys. no, like, dentist elf. <laughs> from Rudolph that can roll in now and be like, guys, no, hold on. These things do like, matter. Everything's They're fine. starting it out. Everyone relax. Like, like at least when Jack Skellington stole Christmas, he left the mayor and was like, hey, just make sure nothing goes to hell in a handbasket while I'm gone. I'm going to go steal somebody else's holiday. Your job is to keep ours safe. That's, <laughs> that's you know, good management should with be crime. Home base should be watched by someone. It's like, look, I was only able to do this because of the terrible management in Christmas land. We won't do that. <laughs> this is Halloween town. No one takes Halloween town. I'm going to go steal Christmas. <laughs> Don't let anybody through this door. Not happening. These elves are full on. Oh, that was my favorite scene. The de-escalation. <laughs> but it's great because you then get into this idea of like, everybody does matter. Everything has a purpose and everybody has a purpose and what does passing the torch look like in the mantle of Santa, which in a very weird and unique way is what this episode is dealing with. Because we do now have Yelena and Echo all coming from this point of view of like, but this mattered to me. And you're all acting like, because all these other great things happened, the fact that Nat's not here doesn't matter. And you are incorrect. 
because she, you know, did what she had to do. And now we're all like, ah, but like four of the Avengers made it. It's fine. That's, that's like, that's pretty good. When you think about like half the world being blipped away, that's like a winning number. Uh, You even have like Echo who now clearly is seeing who for a while didn't think any of this mattered and was like, I don't care about the crew. I know dad did, but we're going to put them all in jeopardy. It is now sort of seeing the importance of everybody. And even Clint seeing the consequences of his actions when he was off killing presumably terrible evil people is still kind of getting this like, oh no, every every choice and action has a reaction and matters, which is important on Christmas. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I don't know how it's going to come along, but like he, it's clear that Clint knows uh, Wilson because he keeps like, he's afraid anytime he talks about his name, he's his the big, big guy. Name. I'm wondering if Wilson is the one who put him up into Ronin mode. I uh, think Ronan was definitely hired by Kingpin. I think so too. Once. Basically, like he yeah. used, he used Ronan's anger, or he used Clint's anger to like kill these people, but also levy out the playing field that I can kind of get rid of all the people. That now, are, like, my I wouldn't. I, I don't think he would have hired him for every job, but no, I'm this, sure for no, some no. jobs. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't really know because so much of Wilson Fisk in at least season one of Daredevil is that he thinks he's a good person. If you go back to his Good Samaritan speech, it's all like, I thought I was doing everything for this city. It wouldn't be out of line to assume that in a blipped world, if he survived, he somehow was like, I'm going to now... Still clean up the city. I'm going to adjust this. Yeah. I'm going to do it my way, which is generally through murder. (laughs) Um, Like, I would not be surprised that at some point he was like, the Ronin? Ooh, call that guy. I've yeah. got some people to kill. Got, right, there are some people you can take out. And I think that is going to eventually, like, that's a part of this, this whole, like, yeah, I have sins. I have blood on my hands. Uh, and so it is very difficult a lot of times for people to be like, see the good in person because what has hurt, like, Yelena's lost her sister. So however much good that Clint has done, she does. it's irrelevant to her because the person that she cares the most for is gone. Same with Echo. She's like, I don't care that you're an Avenger. I don't care about any of that. There's a big difference, though, that I hope is addressed, and it's that Clint literally murdered Echo's father, and and he tried to save Natasha. I mean, uh, but then the, then the thing is, like, I don't think he's gonna... I don't see him fully explaining it to Elena. I think he's just going to agree with her that he killed Natasha because he does feel guilt for that. But but there is a difference because we know as the viewer that he did not, it's not his fault. He did everything he could to prevent. He tried to jump off the cliff. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. we as the audience know that. Elena doesn't. And I don't know if Mm -hmm. he's ever going to get He's ever going to get to a point. Where exactly. Like, I I her. can't imagine him pleading his case to her because right. because I feel like no. because he feels so guilty about it, he's just going to be like, "It's my fault." Yeah. 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 I can't. I just can't see us having a like. Well, you know, we went to this planet, and really, if we're really getting into this, this person Nebula paired us up and sent us together <laughs> to more. What was going to go down? Because she's already she, been there. She totally knew what was going to happen and didn't <laughs> voice that to anybody. Uh, but, you know, she also has her stuff to unpack. I just think it's interesting that the most relevant speech in the MCU, based on now all of these characters who have killed and not killed and killed and not killed and chosen when to do it and when not to do it, and it's all different and it's all complicated, the only one who's right is Loki in the first Avengers. You lie and kill in the service of liars and killers, and you're pretending to be different 
You're pretending to have a code, anything to make up for these horrors, but it is all a part of you. It was like, he is the only one who just looked right at all of them. It was like hypocrites. All of you. All of you. Yeah. I also am, but I know it. <laughs> but I'm aware. <laughs> like, it's, it's wild that like his speech and like Black Widow's like, I got to get the red out of my ledger have become the two most prominent things that almost every character is now dealing with, except yeah. for Sam. That's correct. And maybe Rhodey. Yeah. They're the only two that are like, not us. Rhodey's Rhodey's connections with the government, I I I wouldn't put him in he's that category. Okay, he yeah, did wear a red, white, and blue machine and like, fly to a different country to yeah, kill people. Rhodey, I think we can't agree. But but Sam, I mean, I think that's why Sam's the new Captain America because I think he really is the purest. Uh, but uh, but no, I, I, as much as I love 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 Rhodey, I, I don't think he he's fits in that category. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's yeah, way he too does, in service of the. government. He does, you know fly to that other country to just Why murder yeah. <laughs> in an American flag machine. I mean, he was he was in a machine called War Machine. I don't know how good that is. Mm. <laughs> what are we going to call it? The Peace Rock? Peace that's just not... <laughs> Iron Patriot! Uh, that's, I watched uh, Civil War yesterday, and it, 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 it struck me. It is interesting how after everything that goes down, Rhodey does say at the end, he's like, I still believe in the Accords. And... Uh, because he's very pro-government. Yeah, and that was yeah, him yeah. after losing his spine. So he's yeah. like, I'm still in it. I like this. <laughs> no, it isn't until Infinity War when he's like, they're only villains because you chose to call them that. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, he's just been sitting here discussing philosophy with Vision for years. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's had to do. Yeah, he can't go anywhere. He's just here. He's like, you know, words are all made up and it's all a construct, Ross. I've been sitting here with this robot with a stone in his head, and he's got some pretty interesting literature that you, you should read. hear him out. <laughs> Nothing matters. Everything is meaningless. Arthur Christmas was right. <laughs> Words are just what we decide. Tomorrow, if we want to call him a hero or a villain, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Everyone live your lives. <laughs> but that is all very, it's interesting to see that. I'm very curious where it's going to go. And I think we still have a lot of like, where does Kate land after this? Where does Kingpin, Echo, Cleanse? Are we really going to sign them off? Tomorrow, uh, I think the other thing I read is that the next episode is not just the longest of Hawkeye. This is the longest Disney Plus show Ooh. that they've done. It's a lot, quite, still quite a bit to wrap up. It is does help that they sort of triangulated everybody to focus on one person. So that makes these stories connect a little bit. Well, easier, yeah, but... you you now just need Vincent D'Onofrio to give you a lot of exposition as yeah. to like why this dude got stabbed with the Ronin sword, why it was all about Kate Bishop's stepdad, why yeah. Kate Bishop's mom is involved. You just need him to sit down to be like, when I was a boy. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we do that, and I'm in. He I'll be like, you tell, tell me, Vincent, Vincent, explain the show to me. Vincent has tweeted that, and I was, like, oh, it's about he's about to come in here and just pontificate for a good forty minutes straight. Um, what I do love, and I don't know if you guys caught this, on all their trailers, they keep actively putting season finale as if 
keeps getting a second season. Oh. Yeah, um, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where this goes. She has, I mean, she obviously she's getting something. Yeah. So if it's this, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I hope what I hope my hope is that she gets the Hawkeye name and Clint just retires. Because yeah. I'm gonna be pissed if Clint dies. Because as we've previously discussed, Clint almost dying in Ultron and almost dying in Endgame was annoying. And but it, and now he's finally in something I like. And if they kill him in this, it's just gonna be tedious. I and, need like, to him to stupid. go hang out with. Yeah, let let him retire. The man's been trying to retire since 2016. (laughs) Well, that's like like, they give him a call, like, "Hey, Wanda needs you." Damn it! I'm like a father. I've said a lot of times about stories because I think people often are like, "I want to watch them die." Because Green Goblin was also right. The one thing we like more than a hero is to watch them die. (laughs) And every and like my Game of Thrones thing, I was always like, "There's more interesting choices for characters' endings than death." It's how I felt about Rhodey in Civil War when they were like, we should have just killed him. But I was like, no. Now we get to watch a character deal with the loss of his legs. That's more interesting than watching Tony be like somber at a grave once. Mm -hmm. And sometimes sometimes I like when characters die. Sometimes I think, like, I just watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 for the first time, and man, Gwen's death is powerful. Well, yeah, I mean, that is enough. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes death But Yeah, sometimes it does. but, but, But sometimes it's like, you didn't really need to do that. Like, no, I mean, look what we did for Cap. Look at the dichotomy and endgame mm-hmm. of those two different endings. And they both were very powerful and, and serviced the character in those stories. But if, like, that thing where the Rooster Brothers recently were like, yeah, we wanted to kill all six of them Toy Story 3 style, I was like, that would have been exhausting. Yeah. yeah it would have been hard. Like, it's hard to mourn in that, uh, right. like, yeah. in that way. Yeah. It's like, we, we know we're good with vision and. Then we kind of like all the stuff we're doing with him is way more interesting than that. I was like, even the the speculation around old Steve Rogers, like there's so much more that that has meaning and impact than just us being like, ah, rats. Hmm. So I'm like, yeah, let's, we've now given almost all the original Avengers their like swan song. I'm sure we're about to do it with Bruce. I say Hulk's the only one that's still standing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Thor has another movie coming out, but I, I'm sure that that'll be, if not the end, close to the end. Mm. Some of them need endings that are optimistic. <laughs> hey, Thor's been through the ringer, so if anybody needs a hug, it's going to be mm-hmm. Thor. I feel like Chris Hemsworth has has been like, I'll play this role forever. And the fact that he is a god and stuff, I feel like Chris Hemsworth is going to like be, he's going to be like Hugh Jackman playing this role for 17 years. I agree. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's still in shape. I think he still likes to do this. He's actively Mm -hmm. said like, I don't want to stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's because he just got he like with Ragnarok he just figured it out. It like yeah. it's not like he's like had it's two movies you know. Where he's like I don't really like this, and then and yeah. now he's in his groove. I agree. That's part of his too. Yeah. No, I think he'll keep going, but I'm like, there's we're we're wrapping up the end game beat. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, everybody's got to land somewhere. We can't just we killed Matt, we killed Steve, we killed Tony. The other half can yeah. ride yeah. off into the sunset. Like, yeah, like, let them. Yeah, you killed half of them. Let the others just live. And, do their, and do their I'm really curious what's going on with Bruce because why isn't he Smart Hulk anymore? Mode, yeah. Um, I'm like I well, as you know, I can't wait for She Hulk because I'm obsessed with Tatiana Maslany. But I'm also really excited to figure out what's going on with Bruce. Yeah, there's a lot of good reasons to be excited for yeah. She-Hulk and everything else that's coming out. I mean, really, yeah. uh, this podcast point, is never going to end. No, <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. We'll always have movies and shows. One day we'll just pair it up with the other Disney Plus shows. Yeah, we'll just match them together. 
however, this specific podcast is about to end. So thank you for listening and watching. You can leave us a comment. You can leave us a review. You can follow us on Hollywood ADI on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at, as always, Blake. Jamie's at Jamie Cinemax. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. We, of course, have our main Hollywood already did a podcast about reboots, remakes, and sequels and why we keep doing that. There's You Can't Do That Anymore about movies that you might not be able to make nowadays. Jamie is on phase zero at comicbook.com where you can also read all of her reviews and articles. And Terrence does all the other stuff on our YouTube channel, trailer reactions, television show reviews, Chucky and Dexter. Chucky, which is done, but I think Dexter has one or two more left in it. Uh, and that's, uh, that's all she wrote. We'll see you guys next week. Die hard! Die hard. And I'm sure that it will be released after Christmas unless we want to be insane capitalists. And... <laughs> uh, but that's it. We'll see y'all next time. Later. Bye.